Fox Football's Dave Weiner joins the splash today describing his trip to Honduras and back and setting the scene for Wednesday's return leg in Sydney. It's Monday the 13th of November. Yeah, welcome into the splash. I'm your host, Phil Pryor. Uh, and as I mentioned, it's all Socceroos today, building up to Wednesday night's big one. Uh, we will be joined by David Weiner in a second. First things first, I uh, hope you uh, enjoyed some of the Rugby League World Cup action over the weekend. Some following up stories uh, from all the action from uh, from the Kangaroos win, from Tonga's win on the website. Check out all the highlights on the foxsports.com.au website. There's an NBA wrap up there worth checking out as well, how things are shaking in the East. And the pressure continues to mount on Aussie top order batsman Matt Renshaw. Uh, he is struggling for runs, it's fair to say, at state level. Uh, we, you know, we're all backing him. We want him to be there, but... Um, you know, he needs to score a few runs just to get his own confidence up ahead of the first test at the Gabba. Uh, and there are some players firming for those uncertainty positions, the number six and the wicketkeeper position. Plenty of content on the website which can help us all determine how this first 11 might look uh, as anticipation builds uh, and the countdown uh, continues. But let's, uh, let's dive in a little bit deeper to Socceroos, football, all the rest of it, um, because we've got Fox Sports football editorial lead, uh, Dave Weiner, back from Honduras, walking around like a bit of a celebrity today <laughs> after his uh, week. Uh, uh, more, look, more walking around like a zombie, not a, not a celebrity. <laughs> Well, well, I don't know how you, how you can feel like a zombie after coming back on uh, the Socceroos' true, true, uh, true. pampered, chartered flight straight from uh, Honduras. I didn't get a massage. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, we will. Um, we we are going to talk about your trip over. Um, some of the a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff, but also just generally the who, what, when, where, why mm-hmm. about the Socceroos' return leg against Honduras, which, of course, is on Wednesday night, Fox mm-hmm. Sports 1, kickoff 8 p.m. Um, and just the scenarios too. But, yeah. Dave, firstly, yeah, uh, how was the the, tr- the trip? Before before we get into the uh, the trip home as well, because we're interested about that and, and just some details about uh, the Socceroos' recovery as yeah. well. But uh, just generally speaking, um, we, we caught up with you uh, you know, via Skype uh, last week on the Splash. Uh, how was game day? How was the experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm still laughing about your introduction, but <laughs> about being a celebrity. <laughs> uh, not quite. But I, um, I should also point out for the listeners as well, uh, Dave, you also appeared on the Fox Football podcast this morning. So for more analysis uh, yeah, and a deeper, deeper look, uh, into everything Socceroos related, of course, A-League action as well over the weekend, uh, please head to the Fox Football Podcast. Uh, but yeah, give us yeah. a little bit of uh, game day background. Uh, I was very blessed to be there. And there mm. were four uh, Australian journalists there and there was a moment, probably an hour before the game, we just looked at each other and went, is this for real? Like, yeah. like we're actually here. Yeah. Um, 
We got to the ground. Oh, I got to the ground with the Fox Sports crew, Simon, Andy, and the executive producer Murray Shaw. Three hours before kickoff, and the vibe, just the passion, mm. the chaos, yeah, the yeah. madness. Um, there's some raw native video on our Fox Football Facebook page, and I just think. I, Go have a look at it if you haven't seen it yet. It was literally me with my phone out the car window. And um, it was just beautiful. Honestly, it was just honest. It was pure. It was passionate. Mm. Um, it was like the good old days when you used to go to the suburban grounds in Australia for any other sport. Yeah, um, yeah where it just meant something. Yeah. And they were there. The music was going. There was a concert. The smell of the food. I just had lunch. And I was thinking, how am I going to hold out here? This stuff's just absolutely delicious <laughs> off barbecues, you know, um, families and, and, and um, people like that. Um, you know, mum's working over the, with their, you know, with their delicacies over the, over the stove. Yeah. Um, and and this was three hours before the game. Three hours before the game, wow. the queue was around the corner. The city was in gridlock. And you look here where you sit around, you know, 20 minutes before a game and go, geez, I hope the crowd builds up. <laughs> and we got into the stadium two and a half hours before the game. And so there, all the there would have been 25... All the, all the black market tickets got sold in the end? We, we actually... There's a, there a great clip about three seconds into the, the film I took and there's a guy who walks up next to the car holding his four tickets to this tower thing going, Fox Sport Honduras! Fox Sport Honduras! <laughs> uh, clearly four tickets in his hand that he's trying to sell along yeah, the way. Yeah. Two and a half hours before kickoff, I'd say there was 25,000 people in the stadium already. Yeah, wow. Just singing, eating, drinking... Um, enjoying the build-up. Um, it wasn't hostile, but it was really noisy. Yeah. And oh, what no. I thought... Yeah, what the I... The noise th- that came through on the yes. TV was horrendous. And I, actually, my head was actually like actually even pumping at one point. Cause I it was, was calling really for a press think. red to remove the background noise <laughs> function. Let me tell you, it was a haze. It just really... It swamped you when you were there. Um, and as I said, while it wasn't hostile, I was thinking at the time, how... This is something they have to the soccerers have to really switch on to really quickly and get used to. And I asked Trent Sainsbury after the game, um, when we got the chance to chat to them, how they combated them, and they actually said they had come up with hand signs before the game yeah, right. um, to get ready for that kind of atmosphere. So mm. I, I would have loved, in a way, to have seen what would have happened had they scored in yeah. terms of the crowd, yeah. um, or if the Australia had scored, what, yeah. what the reaction would have been, because yeah. just looking at the the emotion over the penalty or when things got tense or the way they got a bit anxious when it wasn't going their way, I think we may have seen a little bit more yeah, uh, yeah. of that stereotype of that raw um, passion that we were told to expect. But given it was that sort of nil all sort of hovering along sort of waiting to see what was going to happen, it was just sort of really tense and just um, just genuine emotion. Um, what gives me a hint of what it might have been was when Australia got its first free kick yeah. and Aaron Moore lined up. I'm not kidding when I say the, the stand shook. Yeah, right? yeah. The, sta- the stampede of the fans <laughs> trying to put pressure on them, Yeah, it shook. And, wow. you know, when, when we went on our first counter-attack, mm. the noise against Tommy Urich and Masluongo when they went downfield was a genuine change of pace from when Honduras had the ball. Yeah. Um, so it was... I, I just don't know when... Australian football will be in another cauldron like that because it's been 12 years since the last one. And mm. by the time the World Cup expands, will we ever need to go into such a playoff ever again? I, d- I don't know. And I think it sums up when you look at all the sort of the jokes about the stereotypes and the comedians that made those jokes that went on. And I just think the passion and the type of 
ground we were playing in there just shows how much we don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Just how good that was, how raw that was, how different world that was. Mm. It was just, it was just an exceptional experience. How different the pitch was too. Yeah, but you know what? That's it. Wasn't up to international standard. Wasn't no. probably up to park standard. <laughs> but it's part of the matrix of what we got punished because we haven't gone through automatically. This is now what we have to negotiate. And this is the eclectic nature of a World Cup where Tunisia and Morocco just qualified yesterday. You know, you just, it is a big, wide world. This is a poor country. It was a humble country. You cannot deny, I come back and I'm saying the people are friendly. Does it smell of roses there? Is it, are are they flourishing? No, Hmm. no. And that's why they took to heart all the criticism so much because um, they know they've got problems. Yeah. So, is a world-class pitch one of their priorities? Probably not. It's yeah. up to FIFA to come in and probably do something about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and there's no question the pitch affected the game. It will affect the recovery of both teams and it will affect um, probably mm. the selections coming into the next game. Yeah, and, and was that something that came up? Um, we'll move to the you know the chartered flight home where I'm sure you, you got an opportunity maybe to have a chat to a few of the people from the Socceroos in a sanctum as well. Uh, how how will that uh, recovery be affected? First of all, by by their direct flight yeah. back to Sydney, which landed Monday morning uh, this morning, um, or was it so, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning? morning yeah. Sunday uh, Honduras landed Monday morning. Yeah. Compare, uh, you know, and in addition, how the pitch will affect, mm. uh, you know, legs and bodies. Mm. Um, you know, how how is recovery coming along? Yeah, I don't think I think the Australians have had the necessary treatment and professionalism and elite sports science to uh, combat that. I think if you were stuck waiting around in cattle class, it may have made a, made a, made a difference. Yeah. Um, I also think it probably, you know, you look at why didn't Cahill come on? Cahill was probably fit enough to come on. There was no point putting him on a potato patch where his ankle could have rolled at any instant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you measure logistics and tactics, you go, let's hold him back. Yeah. Um, so I think the recovery, I look at someone like Mila Yedinak and go, can he back up? when he's played almost as many minutes in one game as his entire season, I think that probably comes into the picture of of the pitch plus the travel plus the turnaround. Yep. Um, but for the rest, they had massages, they were all wearing their compression, compression garments, they were in business class, they could walk around where they wanted. Yep. Um, they, their sleep was manipulated to make <laughs> sure that they were up for the necessary hours that they needed to be and they went to bed when they needed to be. The temperature yeah. of the plane was manipulated, the lighting on the plane was manipulated. Um, the Qantas menu was specially designed in consultation with the um, with the Australian sports science staff. So everything is in Australia's court. They've been given everything the players yeah, yeah. need to do well. I've seen some people, as as inevitably happens in this country, some some tall poppy, you know, saying, "Why are these pampered stars getting this treatment?" Well, <laughs> they're getting this treatment because the prize is the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, and. Unfortunately for Honduras, they don't have this luxury and, yeah. and we have this luxury. And in the ru- uh, ruthless world of international football, you need to take every advantage you can. And yeah. this is ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Like uh, with the with the plane, what do they make it warmer or cooler? Yeah. I'm so, always freezing on aeroplanes. Yeah, so I think I just got to I think 18 degrees is the optimal, if I remember right, what they said, the optimal 
sleep temperature is. Okay. So I think it was boosted for a little bit at the start, and then it came down it to that down. when it was ready. The lights we got, we took off at 9:45 p.m. on a commercial flight. Uh, apparently, the lights would have been dimmed at a certain point, but they were kept on till 1:30 a.m. Yeah. and that's when they went down. Okay. Um, we got off in Honolulu, which was a 10-hour stretch to reef to refuel, but the yeah. players all stretched and went through a proper yeah, right. um, stretching session while wearing darker glasses so that they weren't overly stimulated by the light and so when they got back on the plane they'd be quickly out of, able to adjust and sleep you know, four, five, six hours to get yeah, up yeah. arrive in Sydney around lunchtime and be fresh enough to go to a session that afternoon wow. so the whole thing was meticulously planned yeah, um, yeah. there was plenty of space on economy it was the most comfortable <laughs> economy flight I've ever done just quietly uh, we did get access to sa- to the same menu so yep. it was wow. absolutely delicious nice. I have to confess <laughs> it yeah as, you said, as you said at the start it was a, it was the most comfortable flight I've ever yep. done and there is some footage uh, of the chartered flight on the Fox yeah, Sports website right. with Simon Hill and Andy Harper check that out uh, now um, Dave yep as we mentioned off the top, 8 p.m. Wednesday night, Fox Sports 1. That's how you see this return leg. Um, what uh, what else do we need to know? How about some scenarios? Yeah, okay. So, that's good. And, and just to where the charter talks very generally at a very sort of um, uh, general level to the game mm-hmm. is you've got to remember that um, one of the key points is if we're not going to get them early, we should have the legs to take it over the duration. And that's okay. one of the key reasons why this expense was put in there. I think with a key thing to know for any general punter is Australia has three players that were suspended, sorry, two players that were suspended for the first leg, Matthew Leckie and Mark Milligan, yep. who are nominal first 11 players. Yep. They are ready to rumble yeah, if selected. Sure. Robbie Cruz didn't travel to Honduras. He's touch and go, but yep. also a contender. And obviously Tim didn't play, so he's yeah, a yeah. contender to come in as well. Um, the other question I asked was the scenario. So what you've got to hope is that Australia will have the quality to get out to a formidable position. Yeah. But goals will be hard to come by. So yeah, yeah. you do worry. You have to say, on one hand, we hope we have the legs to run this tie out. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned the scenarios. The, the only concern is that... And believe me, if you'd asked me before the last game, would I have taken a nil-nil or a clean sheet in Honduras? Absolutely, hands down, 100% job done. They did everything there but get the goal because they created two or three really good chances. The danger is, if the game does keep going, whilst from the Australian perspective, they'll be confident of running over them. From the Honduras perspective, they will know all they need to do is have a deflection, a stroke of... Luck at the penalty One spot. Piece of something. Yeah. And the moment they One score. Brain fade from an Australian. That's right. The moment they scored, it's a little bit like Iran 1997, 20 years ago, where you yeah. think, uh oh. Now we need to score. Away two. goals is a yeah. problem. It's not literally score two, but if it's any score draw. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was about to say Iran. Uh, Honduras go through. Yeah, yeah. If it's any score draw. If Australia win, there's no. This myth about double goals. That's not. It's only a tiebreaker. Yeah, sure. Two sure. one Australia go through. Three two Australia go through. It's not a matter of doubling Honduras' yeah. goals. Yeah. But the we could be up one nil, and in the ninety third minute exactly. they get a corner. They send the goalkeeper up, and it goes off someone's bum. They go to the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's why we're we're still treading around nervously. Yeah. Um, oh, but I, I have full faith uh, that everything has has. I just thought the Socceroos executed their game plan almost perfectly in Honduras. The only thing missing was a finishing touch, and I just hope, my fingers, toes crossed, that uh, we can get that goal scoring like we haven't had through this campaign, and 
it would then be the perfect execution of a plan. Honduras, they really didn't look like a very good team, did no, they? I, Let's I, be honest. Uh, no, and, and um, they were really disappointed with how their team played over yeah. there. And, I, and that's why I also have confidence here because I, I do believe a lot of that was a, mech- a function of a very good Australian game plan. Okay. Um, but as I said, these are fine margins <laughs> and you just you cannot take anything for granted and, and that's where I still worry we should from the logistical point of view the technical point of view the technical point of view I see no reason why Australia should not prevail okay but strange we're going to get happened. through 90 minutes strange yes. things have happened yeah okay Dave thank you very much for joining the splash absolute pleasure and, uh, and we'll finish up there on the splash today. Hope everyone had a nice weekend, uh, had a nice Saturday morning tuning in. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back to uh, continue previewing the Socceroos um, and have a look at everything else sports related here at uh, Fox Sports Australia's daily podcast, The Splash. Uh, until next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>